The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Time for around the SEC. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, hour number two here on the program, brought to you by Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Use the promo code Swain Event for a 50% boost on your first deposit, up to $800. All right, Ben, let's get it. It's time for Around the SEC. A lot going on over the last couple of hours. Give us the scoop, Ben. Well, I do want to mention this. I meant to bring this up earlier about Ole Miss baseball and how Ole Miss fans were throwing the tradition of their juggernaut baseball program in our face over the weekend. Oh, God. Yet in Bianco's 22 years at Ole Miss, if, if my quick math is correct, he's been there since 2001. Uh one college World Series appearance. Mike Bianco has been in Ole Miss since 2001, and he's made one college World Series. Uh, Tony Vitello, one in five years, would have been two in five years had 2020 not been canceled. And... Tennessee is is looking like it's a, a favorite to make it back to Omaha this year as well. So I, I love I love how Ole Miss fans were throwing that in the face of Tennessee all weekend, yet they don't have near as much tradition tradition as they think that they do. Man, uh, man, not a whole man, lot. Man, hold on now, hold on now. So Ole Miss fans were saying this like after Friday's game, after Saturday's game, after Sunday's game. This was this was being said, yeah, throughout the weekend. But this is this is this is what sports fans do. It's one it's one of the things that's most annoying. When you getting your ass beat today, the only thing you can reach for and grasp for is what you did in the past. We all do it. It's annoying. Like today, your Ole Miss team that's ranked number one. They're getting treated like New York Upstate, Iona. <laughs> like that's that's how they're getting treated today. So there's a new there's a new Boston town. There's a new squad in town. SEC baseball. There's a new powerhouse in town. That's Tennessee. Deal with it and get used to it. Deal with. It. All right, Ben. Sorry. Couldn't have said it better myself, sir. Uh, aside from the shenanigans of Tennessee, Kentucky, not not a a too hectic weekend. Have a couple of basketball notes and, and too hectic around the SEC. That is, uh, we we do need to talk about Penny Hardaway. And speaking of Penny Hardaway, in the wake of the news that broke on Saturday morning about Penny and. Memphis being dealt some some level level one violations. Uh, Memphis assistant coach Cody Topper is finalizing a deal to go to LSU. 
uh, the first assistant that Matt McMahon has brought to LSU to work with him, uh, ex-NBA guy who has a, a lot of recruiting ties to the South. So seems like a good move for Matt McMahon at LSU. And then the other two things real quick is that Vanderbilt forward Jermaine Mann entered the portal and South Carolina guard Jermaine Kuznard entered the transfer portal. So uh, outside of, of baseball, pretty ho-hum weekend in the SEC, that is, because it was not ho-hum where you were this week, this weekend over on the Memphis campus. Listen, Ben, when this story came out, I was I was in the town, and um, you know, I was walking around. Went down to the outlets in there, Mississippi. I was staying downtown at the hotel. Uh, of course, I saw Tennessee fans all over the place. I saw Memphis fans, and I just I, I was I was afraid to look them in their eye. They look hurt. They look dead inside. And I think the reason why is because they know this thing is about to be over. Will Wade got the same type of um, notice of allegations. And then within days, he was he was out of there. I remember when Penny Hardaway and James Wiseman, they decided to go ahead and play him and basically throw a middle finger to the NCAA. At the time, it sounded cool, but we knew it was not a good idea. And then Memphis, I think, wised up and go, oh, man, we messed up. Ah, dang it. Ah, we pulled a Will Smith. We didn't think about our actions before we actually acted them out. And they set him down. Well, now it's time to pay the piper, it looks like. Because what they are being accused of is basically like covering up something. I mean, they're covering up something. I read some of the details over the weekend and, you know, they, they're caught red handed trying to cover up something. If you're innocent, you give them all the information that they need that they requested. Memphis did not do that. Man, oh, man. We can treat them like an SEC team, Ben, because, I mean, they, they seem like they're cheating like one. They're cheating like one. So we put them in the SEC. We'll put them in the SEC for this segment. I hate that because I want to play Memphis before Penny Hardaway got fired. I thought that would have been a great game, but they had COVID issues. Remember? Remember how believable that I was? Remember? Mm-hmm. Man, oh man, man, oh man, oh man. Uh, Tennessee related, but no, let's go to the phones first. My man Turkey Man is, is waiting patiently for you, Ben. So let's get Turkey Man on here. Good morning, Turkey Man. Good morning, guys. How we doing? We are wonderful. Hey, you know, you're talking about uh, our athletic director and the tweets and all. But I was thinking about how much pressure he's under right now. That I, I guess he'd probably be carrying uh, papers over. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, uh, 
you think it should be over here, you think the the bathrooms ought to be on this end, or what do you think I'll do? Because when other programs start making fun of uh, of your your field uh, and start doing that, I know that we're athletic, our athletic director is like, I've got to do something. I got to do something now because uh, that's nothing but pressure uh, added to the higher ups. And I'm and like you say, there's so much can be done, but that doesn't take away the pressure of needing to be done because really and truly we're watching uh, a coach that is good at what he does as we've seen in a while. And, uh, you know, somebody's going to run up the the truck at him and, and uh, I don't know. But uh, I'm enjoying what we've got going right now. But uh, I feel I feel the pressure is really beyond what we even think. Yeah, I don't. I, in, in terms of having to hurry up and renovate and and build a Taj Mahal before Tony gets a better offer and leave, I don't know, man. Because there were some pretty big opportunities that was available last off season that I felt like Tony would probably have left left for. Um, if he was going to leave, and that was Texas A&M and LSU, and you know he did not, he did not go anywhere. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I know what the future holds and what Tony's going to do, but I know Tony was presented with a plan, a short-term plan, a long-term plan, and you know he has bought into that plan for the time for the time being. His team is winning. He he on this program, not the last time we had him on, but uh, one of the times we had him on is. I asked them, all right, what can what can the fan base do? Like, what can we do to help? And all Tony said was, just 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 show your love to baseball, to the game of baseball. Support these, support this game. Come out, support these players. And that's all these this fan base has done. They have embraced him. They have embraced his team. They have embraced this program. And I think that has really, really, really. Um, impressed Tony. He appreciates that. And I think he is a super loyal human. And I think for right now, I don't feel like there's all that pressure to hurt build a stadium today, like within the 12-month calendar year or he's gone. There's always pressure for an AD. So I don't want to make it seem like there's no pressure. There's always pressure. There's pressure to be the best. And if you don't feel it from the outside, you certainly feel it from the inside. Cause I know that's kind of how Danny White is wired. Like he, he wants to be the best and dominate every sport all the time. I think that's why he took this job because he saw the opportunity to, to do that. But being correct me if I'm wrong, I, I just, I don't a thousand percent agree with Turkey man, but I do think there is this urgency to make sure that our players get what they deserve. And that is a better, place to practice play they, they, they deserve better facilities but i don't think it's that serious to where like you're gonna lose tony vitello this season if it doesn't happen no you're you are spot on and i mean hey tennessee back the brakes truck up to tony i mean tennessee was a school that <laughs> gave gave tony a a nice payday and uh, made him 
I, I would say the the second highest paid coach in the league behind Tim Corbin at at Vanderbilt. We just don't really know for sure because Vanderbilt is a private institution, and we we don't know for sure what the the salary is for Corbin there at Vandy. But uh, Tony makes uh, as much money as anybody in the league, so he he is paid handsomely and is taken care of for for plenty of years to come. But I, I don't think that that's going to be a, a real conversation or a real threat that he leaves for several years to come. And, and the reason I say several years to come is because I, I, I don't think that that would reach a boiling point uh, until several years down the road. Tony, as Swain and I discussed last year when all that conversation was going on about the LSU job and Texas A&M and TCU and so on and so forth, is that Tony understands it's not an overnight process. It, it, is, it is truly a step-by-step plan that needs to be worked out. And, and Tennessee has worked behind the scenes to get things done uh, that will help the program that is not a new stadium. I, I, I do think it'd be great if Tennessee could get a new stadium or find a way to really renovate it. Uh, maybe you have to, to stick with what Lindsey Nelson is and build off of what it is now, but it needs serious renovation if that is the plan moving forward. But there have been other steps made underneath the stadium that we do not see to, to really improve the quality of the, the day-to-day experience for the players and coaches uh, in, in the clubhouse, the locker room, the weight room. Uh, and it sounds like they are on the verge of approving a building at the state level that would be a dorm for the baseball players and at the bottom of this dorm be in an indoor infield facility of sorts out behind uh, right field. I'm not exactly sure what it would look like. I'm not exactly sure where it would go. I assume in that parking lot, between the the right field fence and and the fraternities is where it would go, but uh, it would be a a, a dorm for the baseball players and they they would have a indoor facility in the bottom of it with a, with a turf infield. So that would be awesome. And it sounds like that is on the verge of being approved uh, to, to get done at the state level. Um, But, but Tony again, understands that it's not an overnight process. And I I don't think he's going to threaten to leave anytime soon unless things really go sour and I just don't see that happening with how forward-thinking Danny White and his administration is with how many boosters have jumped on board with Tony Vitello prominent boosters and alumni they, they are all in on the Tony Vitello train and it, it's not stopping anytime soon yeah there there's there has been a understanding and um Ben, you said you said it perfect. You said it perfect. I'm, I'm not gonna even add anything else to it. Vol fan, 
Victor Bates, no surprise, just to commit to George Mason. Hope he has a great last season there. I live in D.C. and may have to go watch him and ticket play next year. Yeah, we mentioned we mentioned um, possibility of, of of someone transferring and being used. Specifically mentioned, you know, George Mason. So boom, there it is. It happened. Yeah, this has been in in the works for a while. Uh, super happy for Victor Bailey Jr. I, I think they'll have a terrific season there at George Mason with with Ticket and Kim English. Uh, if, if you go back and listen to any Kim English interview from his time at Tennessee or a Victor Bailey Jr. interview from last year, if the other was brought up to one of those two, they each spoke glowingly of one another. I remember Kim English talking about the one-on-one games that he and VJ would always have and they they just have a really, really great relationship. Kim English, uh, a, a, a younger Tony Vitello on on the basketball scene of just that, that young, vibrant personality that his players absolutely adore him and, and love him and will run through a brick wall for him. So I, I think Victor Bailey Jr. will do great things at George Mason. Speaking of um, former Tennessee assistants, Rob Lanier, who was at Georgia State, is now the head coach at SMU. So uh, he was he was hired within the last 48 hours. Publicly, he was put out in the last 48 hours. So uh, Rob Lanier, who was here at Tennessee um, during um, one of Rick Barnes's seasons here, a couple of Rick Barnes' seasons, went to Georgia State. Now he is at SMU. So... Congratulations to Rob Lanier. He was 53 and 30 during his three seasons at Georgia State. Georgia State. Skate. Um, Georgia State. But now he's going on to SMU. More resources. Hotbed of talent there in Dallas, Texas. Uh, let's go back to the phones and uh, see who, who do we have with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Daytona, is that you? That's me. Good morning, Daytona. Wow, guys. I think we need to play the hype train song for our baseball balls. Got to watch me some baseball this weekend. And Ben, you are you are right on it, man. Pitching is outstanding. There we go. I don't see Ben. But Ben better be dancing. Good thing you didn't see me dancing. No, I want you to hurt yourself, Dave Tony. I ain't, I ain't gonna hurt myself. I just can't dance. Well, I know that's why I'm saying I don't want you to hurt yourself because if you can't dance, you try to, you might break something, you might strain something. Well, so I'm gonna address the, the baseball team first, and then I got one other little comment. Uh, man, that is a home run hitting machine team. Wow, those boys like to hit the long ball. Hey, it's, the easy, it's the easiest way to, to get that dub. Just knock it out of the park. That's what I'm here yeah. for. I can't I can't wait to go to a home game, bring the bring the fam, see these home runs and the action. Hey Ben. See you on? Yes, sir. Old Mrs. Stadium down the right field line. What is the comparison to Lindsey Nelson and Old Mrs. Stadium? 
in what way? Distance. The distance? Oh, uh, I I don't know off the top of my head what Ole Miss's was down the line. To be honest with you, like three thirty-seven, three thirty-seven down it, the it, line to right. And okay, at Ole Miss. Yes. What are we at, Lindsay? I, I think it's uh three fifteen at Lindsay Nelson Stadium. Three fifteen or three twenty. Okay, so it's a little longer. Man, I tell you what, there's a bunch of hitting monsters on that yeah. on that team, man. Did you see all the opposite field home runs? Yes, that that was what was most impressive on Friday night is Tennessee hits five home runs and three of them were opposite field home runs. Trey Lipscomb golfs one into the Ole Miss bullpen for a three-run homer. Very impressive. Uh, I believe it was on a, a breaking ball that he did not get all of, but still was able to, to flick it over the fence because of how strong he is. Uh, Jared Dickey, he, he goes the opposite way for a, a home run into the Tennessee bullpen. And then Blake Burke, the, the stud freshman, he, uh, he pinch hits in the eighth inning, and he hits an opposite field home run. And that one was to, to, to left center field, one of the deepest parts of the ballpark. That was very impressive. So uh, everybody talks about the five home runs on Friday night. The, the thing that stood out to me was that three of them were opposite field homers. And for those who, who don't follow baseball as closely as others, when when somebody goes the opposite way, that, that tells you that they are really seeing the ball well. And 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 they are really, they're they're really swinging it. Yeah, that ball's coming in there like a softball to these guys. It's uh, what what a disciplined team, what a disciplined hitting team, what a stud field uh, pitching staff. I got to see the uh, the flamethrower, and uh, that boy's got some heat. He's got some heat. He can most definitely bring it. So I'm going to end with yep. this so I cl- clear up the line for you. I got a little a little something I want to say. Hey, Penny, what you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do when the SEC, I mean, the NCAA comes for you? I goofed it up. Hmm. Man, I'm so glad to see that boy get caught. Me too. If you can't win, pl- if, if, if you can't win playing right, there ain't no sense in winning playing wrong. That's right, guys. All right, see you, see you, see you, Daytona. We don't have to worry about any Daytona raps coming out anytime soon, do we, Ben? That wasn't a rap. That was. Yes, yes. I don't know what that was. Yes, it. It wasn't a rap. Yes, it was. It was. It was. I'm, no, I'm not putting. No, I'm not putting that into the rap category. It was. It was a rap. Oh, he he. He wrapped it up all right. Good, good, good thing my man Dave Tone is not going to be on American Idol anytime soon. They still do American Idol? Or America's Got so. Talent? Or... They do both. They do American Idol. And, I, I see people tweeting about it at, at times. Well, good good thing Dave Tone was not in the movie 8 Mile. Or on The Voice. Because Papa Dot would have roasted him. B Rabbit would have would have crushed Dave Tone on that one. But it's a, it's it ain't looking good for Penny. That is that is right. Let's go back to the phones. Uh good morning. Who do we have? It was that police song. 
What? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come? Oh, yeah, I know. I, I know the, I know the song, the Daytona. You just didn't do the song right. Well, that's because cops. I messed it up. It's cops. Yeah, yeah. I got a little tongue tied. All right, leave me alone. Bye. See, you called us twice. You talking about leave you yeah, alone. You, you leave us alone. Leave us alone. You talking about leave you alone. You leave hey. us alone. <laughs> Delta says Daytona belongs to Malibu's most wanted. Yeah, but with the baby blue visor turned sideways. Paul says it was a nursery rhyme. I don't know what that was. Vols Grizz Cub says we not clear from NCAA. No, not officially. Not officially. We ain't Memphis. We ain't Memphis though. Because you know why? Memphis thought it was a brilliant idea to give two middle fingers to the NCAA and play James Wiseman. If they would have just that James Wiseman down and not try to be all big and bad, then they probably wouldn't be dealing with what they are dealing with at the moment. And Tennessee, they conformed to the NCAA. They they said, okay, well, we got caught red-handed. Let, let's, let's fire our head coach. Let's fire nine assistants. Let's fire off-the-field off the people. Let, let's impose a scholarship ban for a year. Tennessee took steps to prevent them from being severely punished by the NCAA. Memphis did not. Instead, Memphis tried to be all big and bad and run up the chimney like they're John Morant, and, and it, it backfired on them. They're, they're, Tennessee and Memphis are, are two totally different situations. Oh, yeah. They they they, they ran up the chimney, chimney all right, and they, got, they need – uh, inhaler right now. They can't breathe. <laughs> oh, in the hospital. They sound like triple more than an inhaler. They sound like triple O called in yes uh, last week. <laughs> well, triple O called in laughing, sound like he smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. That's how Memphis sound right now, trying to run up the chimney. No, 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 no. Nope. And people's giving Tennessee crap. Well, those Tennessee fans giving Tennessee crap because they wanted to be like LSU. Why would you do what LSU is doing? Let's do what LSU's doing. Just tell NCAA to shove it. Well, I mean, look what LSU, what I'm doing. Hey, when I'm firing Will Wade. Memphis did exactly what LSU was doing. Now, Memphis will probably have to do the same thing to Penny. Tennessee handled it the right way. You know, dang well, Durham Prue is not worth fighting for, number one. Number two, he was caught red-handed like you just mentioned, Ben. Here's a chance to cleanse everything. A new AD, bring a new coach, bring a new staff. It was the right play. It was the right play. And I'm glad that no one is really questioning the leadership right now with Tennessee Athletics. I'm glad. I'm glad that people can feel a lot better about the school you root for, the administration. I understand why you didn't feel that way before, but I'm just glad that we are at the point where folks can just chill out. Just enjoy a win. Not even, not even mentioning anything about the, the, the renovations and how you know Tony May. I don't Turkey Man and me, you know, mean thing harmful about it, but like Turkey Man is 
He's used to bad stuff happening. Just relax. Just chill. Tennessee right now, according to D1 Baseball, is number one in the country. And Ole Miss, <laughs> man. Boy, they fell out of they fell out the sky, Ben. My goodness, they fell out the plane without a parachute. They dropped all the way to 10th, according to D1 Baseball. Ugh. Vanderbilt is ninth with their updated new logo there. Texas is eighth. Texas Tech is seventh. Oklahoma State is six. Florida State is five. Virginia is four. And people were worried about Virginia because they've been playing hot. Tennessee, Virginia. Folks think are two best teams in the country. Right there at four. Oregon State at three. Arkansas at two. And Tennessee at number one, Ben. Are you surprised by the top five? Excluding Tennessee being number one. I know everyone knew Tennessee would be there. But what about two through five? Uh, no. Uh, maybe Virginia should should be higher. Virginia's been generating a lot of buzz recently, and and some were questioning what, or some were questioning and and trying to answer if if Virginia should be the number one team in the country um, just because they, they've played terrific as, as well. So I, I don't have a huge problem with it. I, I think Tennessee, Arkansas, Virginia should be the, the three top teams in America. But to me, it's as simple as Tennessee should be number one, and I don't really care who falls in two through five. Tennessee is is playing the best baseball right now. Tennessee is the best baseball team in the country right now. They are the most talented, both from a pitching standpoint, from a hitting standpoint. And in my opinion, as the calendar flips to April, Tennessee's the front runner to win the national championship. Tennessee is by far the best team in the country, and they have showed that so far. Uh, They beat a really good Georgia Southern program to start the season, a a Georgia Southern team that has been – good since that opening weekend against Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee goes to Houston, beat themselves against Texas. I I really wish we could replay that game, especially after the way Texas has kind of spiraled out of control since. And boy, did they they have a terrible weekend. They got walked off on Friday and Saturday. Friday, they got walked off because a Texas Tech player stole home which is absurd. And then on Saturday, Texas Tech hits a grand slam to walk it off. So Texas had a really poor weekend. Uh, but then they turn around and beat a, a Baylor program and an Oklahoma program that pretty routinely has good talent within the program. You, you sweep South Carolina to start SEC play, and then South Carolina turns around and, and takes two of three from Vanderbilt. And even though I, I don't think South Carolina is very good, they they do have talent on the roster. It's just not a ton of talent or as much talent as we're used to South Carolina having. And then they go on the road to the, the team that was ranked number one and absolutely dominate them. Ole Miss was one of the best offenses 
in the country coming into the game and, or coming into the series. And they still have one of the best offenses in America, e- even after the weekend. But entering the weekend, they had scored the 11th most runs in the country and the second most runs in the SEC. They were 15th in home runs, 14th in on-base percentage, ninth in, in scoring, and, and then eighth in slugging percentage. And Tennessee's starters shut them down. I I added it up uh, last night. Um, I'm forgetting it off the top of my head because I, I don't really know how I'm functioning at the moment. But Ole Miss only scored two runs off of Tennessee starters o- over the weekend. They were second in the SEC in runs per game, and they scored two runs off of Tennessee starters. And, and, and it's not like Tennessee starters didn't throw a lot of innings. Chase Burns threw seven innings. Drew, Drew Dolander pitched into the seventh inning. Drew Bean pitched into the eighth inning. I mean, Tennessee starting pitchers dominated. And, and, and being two of those three you mentioned are f- true freshmen. Yes, true freshmen. Uh, 27 strikeouts for Tennessee's pitchers, starting pitchers, and only two runs given up. Two runs given up and 27 strikeouts. Just absolutely uh, in, incredible against one of the best offenses in America. And uh, some, some people didn't like me tweeting out that Tennessee's the front runner uh, for the national championship that was, as we turn the calendar to April. Wow. It, it's, it's, it's just because it's April. And, and, and I mean, and I get that sentiment. And like, there's still two months to go. And uh, those trying to, to downplay what Tennessee is doing is bringing up, oh, I hope they're not peaking too soon. And, the, you know, it's just like, okay, Tennessee just swept number one Ole Miss on the road. Can can we avoid the conversation about the defense until Wednesday of this week? Can, can we talk about some bullpen talking points on Wednesday? Can we talk about it being March 28th? On Wednesday, can, can we just enjoy the fact that Tennessee freaking swept the number one team in the country in front of three sellouts on the road in one of the best college baseball environments in the sport? Can, can we hold off on the constructive criticism? Like, the fair points, but can, can we just enjoy the moment? Because what Tony Vitello is doing is like one in a million and something that I never thought we would see at Tennessee. Man, I remember when Tennessee basketball beat Gonzaga early in the season. And folks were on the bandwagon of them being the best team in the country before we got midway, before we even got the SEC play. I mean, the whole goal is to peak at the right time. But sometimes you just can't deny how great your team is playing right now. And Arkansas was the best team for a long time. That doesn't mean that we're going to be Arkansas. Now, I did see where it's been a long time since the number one team throughout a, the course of a season go on and win a championship, but that doesn't mean that Tennessee can't do that. You're, you're, you're playing the way you're playing with guys out, like without top guys relying on your top guys, and now they're coming back. It's hard for me to believe that Tennessee is going to get worse. Now, is it hard to maintain how you're playing? Absolutely. But it's also hard to be in this position that you're in if you're Tennessee with the resources that Tennessee baseball 
has or lack thereof, and you have a power two hours west of you who's a rival, and you have closed the gap so quickly. So what Tennessee is doing is, like, it's not normal. Like, it's not, it's, it's really not normal. So I'm with you, Ben. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. We have been thirsty for this type of dominance, this type of effort, this type of production and results from a sports team here on the Hill in a, in a while. And I'll just be honest here. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be taken in disrespect, but it's not. It's just the truth. But there's other sports teams on the Hill that have been very successful, but no one is talking about them as much as they would talk about basketball, football, and baseball because it it gets your interest a lot more. It, it, is it fair? Probably not, but it is what it is. You can't shove a sport down someone's throat that they just are not feeling. But enjoy it. Because not only is Tennessee winning, but they're winning in the way that we like them to win. Holding no prisoners, not caring about your feelings, playing the game that we see baseball going into, needs to go into, and that's guys having fun. I saw some stuff all over the weekend, and this team is so good, but it's it's just a shame that they're playing the game the way they're playing. And shut up! People were saying that. Yeah, I saw I saw I saw some outside Tennessee fans. Because Drew Gilbert trying to hate has a a fun celebration at second base after after he hit the double. Oh, I after love. After he hit the triple. I love it. It's, oh. it's ridiculous. I, I love it, but. This is the direction the game needs to go into if you want to keep fans. Yeah, I, I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. So yeah, man, enjoy, I mean, I, enjoy. It. Yeah, it's it's look, it's fair criticism or not even criticism. It, it's fair to point out like, hey, it's it's the beginning of April. Who cares if if Tennessee's ranked number one now? Like, I I get it. You don't want to be peaking right now. That that's a fair point to make, but. The, the the nervousness from from some of Tennessee's own fans is just baffling. Just enjoy the moment, live in the moment, and, and we will cross that bridge when it comes. And you know, tennis or college baseball is not like college basketball. Like Tennessee can can have a fluky game to start the SEC tournament, like it did last year against Alabama. And because it's double elimination in the postseason, unlike basketball, they can still bounce back and make it to the championship game on Sunday like they did. Uh, same same with the, the regional and, and the super regional. But the, there is evidence to support Tennessee continuing to be dominant all season long. Are they going to continue to be the number one team in the country ranking-wise? Probably not, because at some point Tennessee will lose a series. They they play sixty games. They're, they're not going to keep a. What are they now? 21, 22 and one. They're they're not going to go on to lose just one game the rest of the way. Like that. That's not going to happen. But but there's still evidence to support that team is is 
going to be a national title contender, one of the, the first two or three teams mentioned to win the championship in Omaha, to, to be the favorites, there, there's evidence to support that this is going to continue because of what you said, Swain. Chase Burns is a big league pitcher at 18 years old. He should not be on Tennessee's campus. <laughs> Tennessee struck gold and is extremely lucky that he is on campus. His own teammates were, were telling me this weekend that they were surprised that he got to campus just because of how well he was pitching in high school and during travel ball over the course of the summer. He, he is not going to fall off. I would be very surprised if he hit a freshman wall. Very surprised. Chase Dolander is only going to continue to get better. He, he hasn't been as efficient as he could be in the past, and he put it all together this past weekend against one of the best teams in the country, and he struck out 11 guys. Drew Beam, who knows what his role looks like going forward with Blake Tidwell coming back, but he could obviously start games for you, or you could even slide him into the bullpen, and he can be your Sean Hunley from last year coming out of the bullpen, along with Redmond Walsh, along with Camden Sewell, along with Will Mabry, some of these top arms in the bullpen. Seth Halverson, the Missouri transfer, who we have not seen yet, he touches triple digits. He's going to come back and be a power arm out of the bullpen. And then you're going to get Titty back this week. Titty's probably going to pitch on Wednesday, uh, at least an inning. He'll probably throw an inning against Vanderbilt next weekend. And, and look, he's not going to be a starter right out of the gate, but he's still going to be able to provide a lot for you with him coming back. And this pitching staff is only going to continue to get better. The, the young guys who are wet behind the ears, they're going to be more experienced by the time postseason rolls around. Blade Tidwell is going to be fully back. Seth Halverson will be fully back by the time postseason rolls around. And, and Swain, Jordan Beck had a really good day yesterday, just turning the page to the offense and my belief that they'll keep it going. Tennessee, going into yesterday, had scored 22 runs and tallied 26 hits. 22 runs on 26 hits in the first two days in Oxford. And Jordan Beck was one for eight with zero runs driven in. Jordan Beck is going to be a first-round pick in June because of his bat and his athleticism and his his fielding ability out in right field. Jordan Beck is a first-round pick, and he did absolutely nothing the first two days when Tennessee scored 22 runs on 26 hits. Like, this offense has so much talent in it, so much depth, that there are guys that should be playing that are not playing because there is just not any any room for them. Blake Burke, Christian Moore, uh, Logan Chambers, Kyle Booker, Christian Scott. These guys should all be getting regular at-bats, but there's so much talent in front of them that there's no room for them. And and this this team, it, it, there, there's no signs of, of slowing down anytime soon. And look, again, I understand that, that we're flipping the calendar to April. There's still a long ways to go, but I think this team is just going to continue to get better and continue to get stronger as the season progresses. Ben, you tweet this this is when you talked to Evan Russell and you asked about, you asked Evan Russell about, or Evan was asked about Tennessee being ranked today. He says it's really cool, but being ranked number one means nothing to us. We have a bigger goal in mind and we play Vanderbilt next week. So Evan is speaking 
for his team. Like that's that's his team. That's his that's their mindset. And they should have that mindset. Because they're playing. We are not playing. So guess what we can do? We can be happy, more happy, more laid back about being number one. Because we 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 fans. It goes back to the conversation when in football, when you play in a team that you should beat, and then the next week you play a team that's really better than the team that you're currently playing. And you have some fans who are like, hey, man, you can't overlook this team. Yes, we can because we're not playing. we just fans. The players can't overlook their opponent. The players don't have to care about being number one because they already got to the show last year. And the ranking during the season didn't really matter because when you get to the World Series, it doesn't matter who's number one. The team that was number one for most of the season last year, Arkansas, was was got beat. They got beat. They didn't even go. So the players know that being number one right now doesn't matter. It's about playing your best at the right time, which Tennessee did not do that last season. But we can be happy. We can celebrate a little bit. Reminder, you ain't on the team. You old. You old. You played baseball back in the day. You not on this team. Your time is up. Ben, you was good at Buckhorn, but it's a wrap. You not on the team. Turkey man, you not on the team anymore. It's over. As a fan, be happy that Tennessee has a a team that's number one in the country and everybody is talking about, not just Tennessee folks, but national media guys, national baseball guys are looking at this Tennessee team going, whoo, man. Put that same energy you put into when national media members are dogging Tennessee. It feels like you put more energy and 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 give those people, the Pat Forties and the Dan Walkers of the world, you give them more of your energy than when someone is speaking positive about your squad. Give the Kendall Rogers of the world, give them more of your energy and embrace it and enjoy it and understand the season's not over. It just got it just got started. But enjoy being number one. Enjoy yeah, having and, people talk about your team in a positive way. And Tennessee has not reached its full potential, which is <laughs> the scary part. Tennessee can can be cleaner on the, the defensive end. And I talked about this earlier in today's show. I, I think they will get better on, on the defensive end. I, I thought some errors this weekend were uncharacteristic and and errors that you will not see that often with this team. So they're, they're going to get better defensively. Uh, the, the other point of conversation is the, the catcher position. And Evan Russell continues to, to become more and more comfortable behind the plate. Uh, Tennessee's pitchers, uh, you're starting to get a little bit better about holding runners and, and checking on runners and, and keeping them from just running at will. And, and granted, 
there are no base runners to keep in check when you're striking everybody out and teams aren't getting hits off of you. But the, those are two of the the three points of conversations. I guess, I guess there's four. People, people when raising an eyebrow at Tennessee, they, they point to the defense. And I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not concerned about the defense. Tony Vitello always has a good defense. Uh, he, he is great with infielders. That is what he does best, uh, a, along with what well, it was, Ross Kivett, but uh, now it's just him. Josh Elander does a great job with the catchers, has done a great job with Evan Russell. Evan Russell will continue to get better. Uh, he, he did have his first moment <laughs> over the weekend where you could tell that uh, he's not a natural catcher on the pop-up behind the plate. I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday, but I think it was Saturday but it just dropped and it should have been an out. But uh, that, that's one of the rare times this season that Evan Russell hasn't looked like a traditional catcher behind the plate. He, he's calling great games with Frank Anderson. He's receiving pitches well. He's, he's stealing strikes. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is uh, the way he frames a pitch for the umpire, the way he catches it, the way he receives the ball. Uh, he, he makes a ball look like a strike and he, he's getting a lot of calls for his pitchers. The rapport that he has with the, the young guys and the pitching staff as a whole has been tremendous. His leadership has been tremendous. I, I'm not worried about Evan but behind the plate really at all at the moment. Uh, everybody wants to talk about the, the bullpen here and there, but I'm not worried about Camden Sewell. Camden Sewell has a unhittable slider and, and he will be fine. And uh, aside from him, I mean, there's been a time or two where guys have got touched up, but that's just the nature of baseball when you play 60 games. There are going to be days where you just don't have it. Baseball is the most humbling sport there is because you can strike out four times, go 0 for, 0 for 4 at the plate with the golden sombrero with four Ks and then come back and, and hit two home runs the next day. Jared Dickey was 0 for 9 in his last five games and then goes to Ole Miss on Friday night and hits two two homers. So um, relievers are going to have off off days, and this bullpen is only going to get stronger with Seth Halverson back there. And then either Blake Tidwell or Drew Beam is going to be in the bullpen. So you're adding two big-time arms to the bullpen. They're only going to continue to get better. And then there's been some base-running mistakes here and there. Uh, and that that's kind of a staple of Tony Vitello. Not, not necessarily the base running mistakes, but to be aggressive on the base paths and this year being aggressive, which is the staple of Tony Vitello that I was referencing, just being aggressive, that aggressiveness has run Tennessee into some outs. So that will also get better as the season progresses. And, and as I mentioned about the young guys uh, a couple of minutes ago, like Chase Burns, Chase Dolander, Drew Beam, those guys are only going to continue to get better. Christian Moore at the plate, Blake Burke at the plate, they're only going to continue to get better. Evan Russell's only going to continue to get better as a catcher behind the plate. So th this team, I don't think, is anywhere close to peaking. I, I think there's still so much room that they can improve on. 865-255-03. Be happy. That's the, that's the point. Be happy. Be happy. Not saying that no one's not happy. Just reminding you to live in the moment and be happy. 
B-Rad says, my stepdad's in the car business here in Memphis. Penny is working with Mark Goodfella. I'm getting a vehicle for a player. The mother of the player couldn't qualify for the vehicle, so Penny told Mark that he would pay cash for it, put the vehicle in his name, and um person wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Jeremy Pruitt sloppy right there. That is Jeremy Pruitt sloppy. Which man, there's a better way to do that. If you're trying to get a get a car, you can like you can do it now. You can do it. Kentucky players driving Porsches right now. You can do it. But you gotta be smart about it. Which doesn't look like Penny has grasped that concept. Nelson says double dipping Dave. <laughs> Wish I had call ID. I would have, I would have hit the red button on Daytona the second time he called in. Give me double dipping. Dayton taking advantage of the situation, knowing that there's no no, no screener today. Wait till he triple dips. I don't know. He might do it. He might triple dip. If all fans says when Tidwell and Harrison are back, we will have a starting pinch of depth to get through a double. Elimination tournament, even if we have one bad game. This may just be Tennessee's year. Zach Dove says, anyone know the meme or the joke behind our double celebration? No, I do not. Uh, I See, I, where I'm confused is I, I think that starting out, they're shotgunning two beers. At least that's my interpretation. You, you can kind of see... Drew Gilbert crack it open and then he goes back and, and starts to drink it, but then he puts his hands in his eyes. That's the part that I don't understand. So is it a real bit? Well, the, the celebration, like when they get an extra base hit and they get the second, they get the third, they, they do their, their, their celebration standing on second and third. Remember I, showed you the antlers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Uh, 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 I thought, yeah. I thought every, Drew Gilbert every, was praying. I thought he was praying. Nah, he's not praying. Maybe he is. I don't know, but I don't know how you would go from cracking two beers to praying. I um, thought he was. I'm I'm misinterpreting the the beginning of it, but to me, it looks like this the Stone Cold Steve Austin, where he's cracking beers open and then drinking them, and and then he puts his hands in his eyes. So that's the part that baffles me. I'll I'll get to the root of it. We know you will, Ben. We know you will. Let's get to the phones. Good morning. Good morning. It's your boy, Big Shot Rob. Man. Big Shot Rob. How you doing, man? How you doing? We good, man. We good. Uh, first of all, Ben, ain't nothing wrong with taking a sip of beer and then praying to the Lord. So he could have been repenting about it. You know what I mean? But that's just me. Uh, Spoken like a all, preacher's son. <laughs> hey, don't tell Is this Brad that. Matthews? Preacher's son. PK. PK Rob over here. <laughs> Hey, you know, they be the worst ones, but I don't think I'm that bad. I think I'm all right. I think I'm decent. You okay. Well, that's what, that's why Brad Matthews turned out the way that he did. Well, just keep sending prayers up for him, uh, Christian Ben. We know you holier than that over there. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I do want to say good job, though, this weekend, man. The coverage is always good for me, man. You're always engaged and giving us the info and letting us know what's going on. I will say you upset me a little bit yesterday because I thought my boy okay. Pitwell was coming in, and then he did it, and I was like, 
see Ben, you shouldn't even told us that. You should just let it slide. But nah, man, for real. Good job this weekend, man. Real talk. I ain't want nothing. I just wanted to call in, say what's up, wish everybody a good Monday, and uh, y'all have a good week. Love it, love it. Thank you so much for for the phone call there, uh, Big Shot Rob. You know what? Let's let's end our number two on a high note from Big Shot. So we'll do that, man. We'll take a, a timeout, and then we'll come back, rock out our number three, the last week of the Swain Event Morning Show. The last week. So we're going to give you all we got. All we got this week. And uh, Ben's great coverage going to Oxford over the weekend. We'll be going to Nashville this weekend, uh, which will be hope be a whole lot easier for you, Ben, uh, as, far as, as far as driving. We'll say that. As far as driving, should be a whole lot easier for you. We will take a quick timeout. Hour number three is around the corner. Stay with us. Be right back.